welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 13 of season 3 of This Osteopathic Life. We can look at this as a lucky or unlucky episode, as you might view it. It was fascinating to me to learn for the first time when in a hotel, that there was the absence of floor 13, and on airplanes, the omission of row 13, and looking at what the reasoning might be behind that. This could have been a golden episode had I recorded it yesterday, which was actually the original plan, but sometimes the universe has different ideas. That would have been the 13th of May, 2021, and the 13th episode. So we'll count it as a nearly golden episode on the season. And that word is actually what we will be exploring today. What word you might think? Golden? No. But season? Yes. So we are here in what we might call the midst of the spring season. At the same time, here in northwest Michigan on the 45th parallel, halfway between the equator and the North Pole, it has been a bit of a reluctant start. A season of starts and stops, stalling, hesitation, big reveals, and then reclusions. And what has also been observed by me and refuted by some members of my family, but I'm still standing by this, is an unusual representation of colors on the leaves. Now, my recollection of this time of year is that green is the predominant, if not the exclusive color of the leaves on the trees as they emerge from that barren state of winter as the buds come through. Now, there are some trees that do have the emergence of small berries that are red and orange in nature, but I'm talking leaves, right? And I'm identifying the leafy part uh, that emerges from the branch of the tree. And to my eye, many of these are appearing brown and red and orange. And if you live in an environment where you experience the four seasons, if you experience the color change of fall, the appearance of the trees presently, to me... I will say that because, again, some are not feeling the same way, looks very autumnal. And that is fantastic. I love the color change of autumn. It feels very disconcerting, however, when it's happening in the middle of May. And I've had this thought that perhaps, which wouldn't seem that far-fetched, given all that has unfolded in the past 12 or 14 months, that somehow we have switched and we have now reversed the order of the seasons. I think about the game Uno, and you have the option skip. And we've done that sometimes, right? We've had shortening, especially of what I think of as the shoulder seasons, spring and fall, that they've narrowed the duration of them. And winter got really long. And sometimes the heat of summer would become quite expansive in this time of climate change and weather weirdness, however you might want to look at it. But noticing that the common patterns, what we expected from our youth growing up, 
in this climate is different, right? And that's what we're saying, change, different. But what I'm noticing now is the use of the reverse card. And if you've been playing Uno with multiple people, you're going along perhaps in that clockwise direction, and then bam, somebody puts down the reverse card and you have to switch. And in some ways, that's what it feels like. And particularly last week, when each night we would have to cover up all the plants, which are making a very strong run. We've had salad harvested from our own backyard garden already this year. But sheets were required as a heavy frost, hard frost, was emerging night after night. And then the days refused to warm up. And I thought, wait a minute. We got to this 70-degree peak you know, late March Perhaps we just turned it around. Reverse card has been played. We have departed and we are heading back toward the fall. And I can't say for sure what exactly is going on. I was advised to examine the direction of the water in the toilet bowls and determine if that is still going in the familiar direction. It does appear to be. I have not yet contacted any of my Southern Hemisphere friends to note if they are experiencing autumn in the way that is familiar to them, or if it seems a little springier there as well. In any case, noticing these differences, at least I'm seeing them as different, begins to bring forward a level of discomfort. It doesn't fit the pattern. It can bring forward a level of frustration on those frosty and cold days. I nearly slipped down our back steps because the sprinklers have been turned on in anticipation of the warming up of spring and the growing of the backyard vegetable garden. But the frost has emerged, thus freezing the water on those back steps. And thankfully, it was a saved slip, but nonetheless, a frustrating moment, thinking, I don't want to get back out gloves and a winter coat. I've paid my dues of the winter season, which we could say, fair and well, was relatively mild. But at the same time, we're here. It's May. And looking back, I have two May babies of my children. And so I can think often of the birthday parties, those reference points, and seeing what was it like in May. And for the majority of them, it was quite lovely. It was warm. We were outside for the majority of it. We had various water balloon fights. Granted that some of them were in different climates, warmer this time of year in southern Oregon than in northwest Michigan, although not that far apart. And I could pull out the map to be specific, but here we're very clearly on the 45th parallel where we lived in Oregon, I believe was somewhere around the 43rd. So not all that far off, but certainly a different climate. But it is the unmet expectations of how spring should be per my assessment based on my past experience and the current emergence of how spring is that causes the frustration because I'm thinking right, it should be another way. So it is that thought of should be that invites frustration in. Now, the fascinating effect of living in these climates with four seasons is that the relativity makes a difference. And there are all kinds of memes regarding Michigan because of where we are, but any state that experiences this where 40 degrees when it is October can be felt like freezing because you've just come through this lovely summer and warm days, and you need all your winter attire immediately when the temperature begins to drop. But then 40 degrees in March is amazing, especially in those winters when it has been polar vortex oriented. So temperature, not any different. Now you could say, well, physiologically, 
you know, what is the impact? What's your conditioning? Does it actually feel colder? But a lot of it has to do with the mentality. It's so much colder. You're thinking that in October, you're going to feel yourself into needing the coat and the hat and the gloves. Fast forward to March or reverse to March, depending on which way the calendar and the rotation of the earth are going. We can look at that hypothesis in greater detail, perhaps in a future episode. But in March, 40 degrees, we think it's so much warmer, right? Because it's been colder on the thermometer and therefore we feel warmer, we need less clothing and we embrace that as a bonus, right? So we can see 40 degrees as a loss in the fall and we can see 40 degrees as a huge victory, right? In those late days of winter. And so just seeing that relative to what you previously just experienced, the immediate prior experience can very much influence how much we enjoy a particular moment. Likewise, historical experiences, one year prior, five years prior, 10 years prior, noticing that our specifics of recollection, depending on, you might have a very clear and accurate memory. Many of us begin to remember historical events through whatever lens we're choosing. It might be rose-colored, right? It might be foggy. It might be darkened, depending on the context of the situation. So for me, I think about spring. I think about Mother's Day. I think about lilacs. And I think about a lot of green. And so when that's not happening in a place that should have spring, similar to that which I experienced as a child, it can feel Confusing, disconcerting, annoying, frustrating, disappointing. All of those are available feelings. If I'm thinking, this is not how spring should be. This is not how the trees should look. This is not the weather I was counting on. I put away all my winter clothes. And to be fair, if you live in Michigan, you keep access to most of your clothes all the time because it is subject to change, but usually for blips minor swings. This was 70 degrees in March and a number of 60 degree days and then weeks of gloom and frost. And for some of my friends who have departed from this peninsula, they might say, well, you should know by now. This is how it is and just roll with it. And that could very much be true. But noticing my experience of this season is its own learning. And What I recognized was that day after day, when the sun didn't come out and there was frost on the ground and even snow falling from the sky, I got to choose what I thought about that. And so interesting, now that we do have these memories, automatic memories pop up on your phone, you can track it back very quickly. If you scan through, look at last year, one year ago is an automatic prompt. You'll get that on different social media applications. And actually, we had snow on May 8th, 2020 and 2021. I 100% did not remember having any snow in the beginning of May last year. Now, to be fair, we had two puppies at that time, so we could think about newborn brain and distractions. But having had two puppies at the time, we were outside quite a lot. So you think it would have been ingrained in my memory that May snuck in this bonus snow on the year, but I didn't because what did I remember? The days at the beach, the bike rides, the running, the backyard sitting, the sunshine, 
And my brain decided that's what May looks like. May is the full-on embracing of spring. It is green on the trees. It is warmer temperatures. 60 degrees should be the norm or the average. And omits those outliers. And so thinking about that, I often wonder, hmm, you know, how consistent was spring when I was growing up? And is it just that I'm this many years removed from those various experiences of spring in the past that allows me to think something is happening now other than what should be happening based on what has happened in the past? Now, we could certainly go and mine for facts. We have farmers' almanacs. We have historical records. We have, again, these photo memories. I might have to go back to a physical photo album and scan back. We likely took fewer photos at that time. I can look and likely have a photo every day because often I will document something on the day, be it a workout, something with my children, you know, something I saw on the news or otherwise. And so having this very copious amount of photographs makes it much easier personally to scan back through and literally say, oh, on this day in this year, this was happening. Versus historically, when it was the film camera, we were a little more judicious with the documentation of what was happening. That said, newspapers were published every day, and I could go and look and see just how consistent spring behaved in the past. But what of the seasons in general? even when they are behaving according to the best laid plans by those of us who believe we have some element of influence or that there should be any beholdenness of the seasons to our expectations. And what of the transitions between them? What is the importance of that shift? What is the opportunity in there? And how are we engaging with that? And what is the impact of the way in which we do engage with change of seasons. So let's take the one that we are in because it's the one that we are in and it comes out of the first quarter of the year where we get to jump into spring as March is coming to an end here in the northern hemisphere and it is fascinating to me to consider that shift of experience in the southern hemisphere and comforting actually to sense the balance of it that half the world is experiencing that counterpoint season simultaneously. Thinking about energetically, environmentally, what is happening in the world and how right that feels. Because I think, right, this is the way it should be. That's why it feels right. But at the same time, welcoming that global, balanced, integrated, while unique experience. And interesting, I'm sitting here I'm recording this episode, not from a car and not from a closet, but from my eldest son's bedroom. And we have a painting on the wall that we crafted when he was still in utero. And it is of the globe. And it shows the United States and South America and a bit of Europe and Africa. And then the members of the family at that time, which were the two parents, that anticipated baby and our small dog, my childhood dog, who was still with us at that time. And I'm just looking at where that transaction happens, where that zero parallel occurs, and that transition zone right there, where these neighbors are experiencing the seasons in opposite directions, but with so much similarity 
And then it's as we begin to traverse our distance toward the poles from that midpoint of the globe that that mirroring effect happens, right? So this opposite rotation. And while, yes, I recognize, right, the globe is all spinning together, but I think about it kind of like a yo-yo, right, in those two halves. And if I think about the direction of the seasons, I get this sense of that counter-rotation of the two hemispheres in the experience, right? Counter-rotation in the experience of the seasons. And seeing what the depth of that is and how differently they're felt, how differently the seasons are felt, right? Once we move away from the equator, when it's relatively neutral, right? when there's relative minimal, right? The sine wave of change around the equator is quite small. And then we get wild extremes, right? As we move away. And then at the poles, again, we get some more consistency, if you will, of those seasons. So just thinking about that, and I love being able to look at this visual. So perhaps, right, close your eyes if it's safe to do so, if you're not walking or biking or driving, and just picture the globe and how that happens, right? And how we're sharing and mirroring, but in a opposite direction experience. And what that means, of the global creative collective energy. I think about this for my husband and his brother who moved from the Southern Hemisphere to the Northern Hemisphere in a relatively critical time in their lives, 11 and 12 years old. And they had kind of bipolar birthdays in the year, one in July and one in January. And when they switched, obviously the months of their birthdays remained the same, but the seasons changed in a relatively drastic way, especially we think about the seasons of school in that time and to go from having a winter holiday birthday to a summer holiday birthday and neither perhaps being fully embraced in the season because they're associated with something else that is happening, but just that identification. And I think about that, right? I have spring babies. I told you I have these two May babies and I anticipated having all three May babies, but the season for my third was not up to me in many ways. And you can plan, right? But there are some variables beyond your control. And it was that I ended up with my own set of these bipolar. And that word, I'm using it in a way that means, right, in two different seasons. So bi-seasonal might be more appropriate if you're with me on that. And so I ended up with, I was gifted with spring babies and autumnal babies. And if we moved right to the Southern Hemisphere, which isn't pending to my knowledge, right, you can plan, you can't control for all variables, it would be the opposite, and thinking about the identification, right? A spring baby had a very strong identity for me, right? It was spring like all these animals in nature, having their babies naturally in the spring season and then aging up through the warmth of summer, feeling a little more robust by the time you got to the winter months and seeing those landmark moments of being around that six, seven month mark around Christmas time and the trajectory of coming of age, you know, coming to that one-year mark and walking into the late spring and summer again. And there's a very different experience to have an autumnal baby, to be quite young in those winter months, which can be perceived as more challenging and even dangerous. If we think about infectious disease and the exposure to the environment and then reassessing those milestones. So I had a six-month-old in the spring and into the summer and 
at the beach and what was that like? And then coming through toward Christmas, being much more engaged because the first Christmas was so young. There was less interaction, but then by the first Christmas that was celebrated collectively and gifts were opened, they could be a participant. And then noticing too, the identity that comes with that. If you think about when your birthday is and how you associate that with the various event calendars and that it could shift by departure from the geographic location in which you were living when you were born and where you might have ended up eventually. And that that continues to be available and open to you. And so as I think about the seasons, of course, what comes up beyond the seasons in the calendar year, in the environment, in the way that nature is presenting and emerging, is also seasons on a broader scale. Seasons in our lives, seasons of change, seasons of love. You can't say seasons this many times and not bring up rent. Right? And I really think I had a previous podcast with it and I'd have to do my own investigation for it. But thinking about what season you are in, in your life. And I happened to be completing an exercise in the positive intelligence program that I shared with you previously when we looked at hyper-rational and feelings and sages and saboteurs. And I hope you have investigated it. It really has been fascinating. I'm in week four of seven. And so I'll, I'll come back to you with what emerges there. But in one of the exercises, we did a visualization, if you will, of the seasons of our life, and you put them into five parts. So whatever age you were, you divided it by five, and then you looked at that many year spans five times in your life. And the example was a 40-year-old, and I felt very seen because at present, I am 40 years old. And so it was helpful when he would lead the visualization, he would speak to those particular time spans And it was spot on for mine, but you can perform this, right? You can divide your age by five, get close as you can, and then look at those arcs, right? Look at those five arcs and whatever number of years are in there. So if you were 20, it would be these four-year arcs. If you're 80, it would be 16-year arcs in there. So you can examine those and see what comes up for you. And what I noticed was really honing in on what happens in each of those and really seeing seasons emerge. And we often think about seasons in quarters, right? Because of the nature of the layout. And so I had kind of a double quarter, right? I had eight years in each of those arcs and looking at what took place, what lessons were learned and where this current season has found me. And the interesting thing is you don't add more of these arcs, right? You just go back And you recalibrate and you expand them as you continue to learn and explore this exercise. And in the current season, it feels a bit like maybe there's some reverse happening as well. Or simply that it's not unfolding in the way that I expected. And not good, bad, or otherwise. Just like the color of the trees doesn't have to be problematic. I would certainly talk to those who are experts in the field. But looking at what the reference points were, other people's eight-year arcs at 32 to 40 from a reference point of other examples I had, visualizations I had for myself 
in this timeline. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't spend a lot of time looking beyond kind of the early 30s landmark for a whole number of reasons. But I didn't have a clear visual of myself in that space. And that's something that I continue to work on. Now, I can also look at the examples that I have in my family, in my friends, in this case, in parents of my friends, for those who I saw in this arc in their lives. And especially if I think about right, how this arc will expand, what ages it will encompass as I continue to move forward in my life. And seeing that parenting was on the horizon right, and that has emerged, doctoring was on the horizon in different iterations. I believe I shared with you early on that veterinarian was first, but that was switched pretty early in my life for human medicine. I didn't know at that time that DO was an option and certainly didn't know about the specialty in which I ended up and didn't envision necessarily being in medicine and then shifting into a non-clinical role. Looking at how music is emerging in this season of my life. I see it coming up more and more and more through my children, which is really fascinating. And I participate, but much of my participation is encouraged by them. I'm taught by them. I'm embraced in playing a collective with them. The athlete piece. And I had various visions coming through my life of participating in the Olympics And I don't know if it's ubiquitous that all children who watch the Olympics see themselves someday in some sport. And I remember season after season, right, four years after four years of the Olympics thinking, ooh, now I'm older than these athletes. Ooh, and I no longer fit that demographic. But I did see a really fascinating article that particularly in this bit of a delay around the Tokyo Olympic Games from last year and also in a challenge to the norms in the sport of gymnastics that many older gymnasts, right? Because historically it would end at 16 for many athletes. And we had the few anomalous participants who were in their 20s, 30s, and even 40s. But now they're saying, why? Why do we have to stop? And can we shift the intensity of the training so that there's an extended season? And I will search for the link to the article, but one particular gymnast is finding that her accomplishments are way beyond what they were at what was previously considered the peak of her career. And so seeing that perhaps all is not lost and there may still be some opportunity there. I did count Sweden and racing for Team USA at the Long Course World Championships as an Olympic moment. I had a parade of nations and Team USA attire and you know the name Beaky emboldened across a USA singlet for racing. But I get to be an athlete right, in many different ways that I never would have considered. Some didn't exist in those earliest days of my life, and some just didn't seem relevant or relative to my opportunities. And so just noticing the season, and interestingly, because there wasn't a very rigid expectation, and I don't mean that to say there was no hope for what could be, but there wasn't this explicit, detailed requirement for this season. And what it allows for is there to be a fair amount of enjoyment, 
Now, it doesn't mean there's no frustration. Absolutely not. Because I can certainly put in expectations all along the way. But for this particular season, right, there's opportunity to embrace what is. And that's true always, even retroactively. As I did that exercise and saw all of those arcs of the seasons of my life, I noticed, right, and some of the challenge was to look at what we would see as the difficult parts and then to see in them how there can be a lesson or a gift involved with them. And I won't give too much away from the work. And I encourage you to investigate again the positive intelligence opportunities. But also, I can even now retell the happenings, right? And retell the meaning behind them. And notice that it's me assigning the meaning to whatever neutral right, event happened. Or neutral can sometimes be a challenging word to just looking at the facts this thing happened, right? These are the people I was with. This is the sport that I played. This was the school I attended. All of those components, I get to add the dialogue around what that means. And that's true for you. As you look back on, look currently at, and gaze forward toward the trajectory of your own life. And so what I take away from that is the opportunity to embrace the season, to notice how previous seasons were and how that informs my current opinion and therefore experience of what is happening to recognize that seasons can be happening in very different ways simultaneously all around the globe and all around us so thinking about internally how we might be experiencing like where is the equator for you where is that midline And how, on either side of it, are you experiencing these seasons in opposite order and at a common pace that's complementary and beneficial and being able to embrace how some things might be going dormant for a time while others are flourishing, how some might be nourishing externally while others are going back into the soil to prepare for the next season. And when I think about being all parts of me, never one thing still comes up. And we can reference that from previous. But also, they can all be there and all be taking their time in the sun, right? in their time in the shade of those beautiful autumnal leaves and in the dark of that early winter's night when rest is what is called for. And perhaps one is taking that turn of the season in the Northern Hemisphere of your life while in the Southern Hemisphere, something else is being given the opportunity to emerge, to be seen, to be created. And what will you do with your current season? How will you see it? What will you think about it? How are you choosing to feel what all that is happening with, to, for, through, by, about you? And what opportunity do we have to embrace the seasons as they emerge with their quirkiness, being adaptable and flexible to shift hemispheres as we need to, to notice that we can identify with the native season, with our past experience, and 
be open to engaging with it in a new way. I want to thank you all for being with me here today on this semi-golden episode here in season three in the midst of Northern Hemisphere spring. And I look forward to sharing with you how the leaves on the trees emerge in the coming weeks. And would love to hear from you how you're experiencing seasons of change, seasons of life, seasons of love. This is Dr. Emily Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.